Of the 92 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey everybody, welcome back to the quest for the bestest from Backlog Banner. My name is Timo Nelson. This evening, you can call me the voice. I'm joined by Tanner Dykstra, the man of the people, Abram, the arbiter of taste, Buner, and Tucker Hazel, who does not have a nickname today. He doesn't no, get one. No. All right. I'm sorry. I just have, okay. yeah, it's, it's how we're going. Today we're talking about the movie Chicago from 2002, directed by Rob Marshall. It's a musical. We've had some thoughts and some issues about musicals before, um, but let's see. We'll see how this one uh, ends up being when we when we get into the discussion. But first, we've got a little thing to talk about. Last week, we had old Clint Eastwood with his film Unforgiven from 1992, a Western, another genre that maybe we're not all huge fans of, but... He kind of won us over a little bit. There was some interesting stuff to talk about. We talked about the genre implications and the ending and all this really cool stuff about the movie that we thought was pretty pretty good. And we ended up placing it at number 10. So it just cracked the... Out of the, 21. Out of 21. 10 out of 21. Thank you. It just cracked the top... Um, well, it's in the top half of the list. If you didn't catch our special episode from a little while ago, we, we messed around with The Godfather Part 2's ranking, just to remind you so you're not all confused. It now lists, sits at number 4. Um, and so our list is is filling out. It's filling out nicely. I'm I'm very happy with it actually. So am I. So am I. Do so, great work here, boys. Good. We I we're doing good stuff, and I think we should continue doing the good stuff by talking about Chicago. Oh yes. Oh yes. <gasps> no. No. Don't. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're starting this right off the bat. That you know what, guys? I'm the am the Andy. Well, that didn't come out right. I'm the anti musical guy. Classically, sure. this happened with <clears throat> with uh, West Side Story. Didn't didn't go so hotly. Um, I really liked this movie. My least favorite part about it was Tanner singing. You sent some he, questionable Discord messages about about dangerous thoughts you were having due to his singing, which made me very happy. Dangerous <laughs> yeah. thoughts. Tanner likes to sing along to this film. Boy, do I! I, I love sing, I love singing along to Chicago's music. I think it has a absolutely stellar soundtrack to it. Uh, some great songs, which obviously aren't unique to this to this film. Actually, I'd be interested to know if um which uh which songs if there were any songs that were that were unique to this film that were they they created just for the film version. But yes, I absolutely love every song in this movie, even the slow ones, which I usually don't like. I like the slow song. So, um, someone want to give us a little recap of what the what the plot is of this film? Because unlike other musicals, this one actually does have a a pretty consistent and and thorough plot um, throughout it. I got it, Tanner. You got us. All right, hit it. Okay, it's 1920s Chicago. There's bur- there's flappers. <laughs> there's burlesque dances. There's hooch drinking, and boy oh boy, is there murders. There's murders <laughs> on every goddamn street corner. Mostly women killing their lovers or husbands. Or, or boyfriends, what have you. And one such woman is named Roxy Hart. She's, she's, she wants to make it into the big business, but so she starts sleeping around with this guy. He ends up to be a liar. She kills him. She goes to prison. They sing some songs. They have some fun. Uh, and through the way, she meets Billy Flynn, who's the best criminal lawyer in all of Illinois. And he and Roxy Hart, they sort of 
they, 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 they build this relationship, and they end up, you know, they go, they go to court, and uh, what's going to happen? Is Roxy Hart going to get off? Is she not? Let's find out. That's that's we the, watch the know, movie. She does. She yeah, watch the movie. She, she does, does get off. Also, Velma Kelly's there. She's like she was gonna be the person that was gonna co- go to court, but then Roxy Hart comes along and steals her place in court. It's all very dramatic, and I love it very much. There you go, Abram. What are your thoughts on this movie? To lead us off after our excellent synopsis, there. I think this film is mesmerizing. Mm. I loved Chicago. I I I think that this it really is the complete package for me in terms of evocative feel, in terms of great thematic elements, in terms of really excellent filmmaking elements. I think the editing in particular is astonishing. I think that the way that the film coalesces into the the, the larger Chicago experience is truly stunning, and it takes an incredibly deliberate and talented cast and crew to pull this off. And I think this is one of the best films we've watched for this this program. Wow. Whoa, he's he's coming a out glowing, strong. Glowing review. Yeah. Yes. Tucker, you're you uh you hinted a little bit that you really liked it. Um care to tell us why? Yeah, so going into this, I was mostly carrying my West Side Story opinions with me for uh particularly on how I would enjoy this film. Um mm. however, I would say that this does subvert most of my complaints when it comes to what I don't enjoy about musicals. I think the main part being this is a very character-focused, story-focused film that happens to have musical numbers. The musical numbers aren't, you know, often some sort of dreamland not really impacting the story. They are intercut with actual things happening. They reflect the things that are going on with the characters. There's character development that's shown off through each of the songs. And while you get some of that in some of the other musicals, I think this one does a great job not only at having those musical numbers, which tie into the characters, but having a compelling story outside of that. There's a solid p- part of the movie that is not in musical numbers at all, which, ah, gives, give me a little bit of time to breathe, you know, just a little bit of time to reset my brain and get ready for the next thing to happen. But I thought that the balance of that was really, really interesting. And on top of that, really interesting characters that have interesting dynamics and interesting uh, cultural implications for for the time and the era and the justice system and all things like that. And I think there's a lot to dig in here from thematic point of view, from visuals, from editing, all of that. And I, I really did enjoy it a lot more than I was expecting to. I enjoyed this film too. I thought it was a fun, fun musical. I liked the musical elements. It's a little different. I, you, you said that you liked how it doesn't like the musical elements are. I would say separate. They exist as like a show. Maybe a show is being put on about the story, but it's getting it intercut with the actual story happening, and that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think there is a lot of stuff to like. I really want to dive in eventually. Dive into the thematic material and how it being a musical serves the theme of the film, mm. which is something okay. that is very interesting about you know if you're gonna do a genre movie you might you you really should lay into and have that impact what you're saying in the film and this film has some stuff to say about justice news journalism show business it's got all that there um and not only does it ask some questions i think it gives some answers which abram we know likes it when the film uh actually has some stuff to say rather than just making you think a little bit so yeah, there is some stuff I didn't like, um, but it's a little minor about it. Um, so, I mean, we can get right in. Tanner, you have you have something? You're, you're giving a thoughtful look on your face. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the only thing that detracts from this movie for me is that I think you can count on about two hands the amount of non-musical footage in this movie. 
It's it's basically wall-to-wall musical numbers, which are done well. I, 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 I really want to compliment the production design. The choreography is all stellar in each and every one. It, they're all, you know, they, they're all like the, the vaudevillian, you know, burlesque dancing scenes. But each one feels unique in how its costume design is presented and how the choreography is done. Um, but again... There's not a lot of time for the actual, actual story to come through in just basic narrative scenes. Um, so that, that's the one thing that detracts for me. I don't know if, we, if you guys want to comment on that, or otherwise I want to move on to the performances. Now, look, we essentially just came at this from exactly opposite, polar opposite angles, is that yeah. I was praising it for having enough of that. And I think, well, you're right, there isn't a lot of... There's, there is. I think there's a solid amount of downtime between the songs. I, I don't really feel that. But I there's think like, the, there, there's some sequences where it's like a minute or two of actual narrative between musical sequences. Well, I would say that the thing that keeps that from sticking out so harshly in my head is that the musical sequ- sequences are intercut with current real life, you know, that's true. footage yeah. of what's going on. So you don't feel like you're stuck in the musical numbers. It's mm-hmm. always progressing the real world story as they're happening simultaneously. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like there's a, there is a good balance between that, and I didn't feel like it was t- totally separate. It's so intertwined with one another that mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't feel like there wasn't a lot of downtime because, I, I don't know, I just I just think that the balance works really well. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd push back on that a little bit too, and I think it returns to what Timo was praising the film on, the fact that the, the, the musical nature of the story is so intrinsic to what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it didn't feel like... It was distracting, even when some of those numbers go on incredibly long. Yeah, and especially like Tucker w- was saying, you know, whether that's um, whether that's Roxy having her internal monologue about her husband flipping on her to the police <laughs> as those things are happening back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think that the way musical numbers are used so uh, so differently throughout the throughout the film, always to service where it's going, kept them yeah. engaging and didn't make it feel distracting, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of times musicals will fall into the trap of having just well if we want to if we want to point fingers the, the musical cats is basically just all i am songs it's characters explaining who they are but this one mixes up it a lot it mixes it up a lot there's some i am songs there's some i want songs uh this is these are all like musical terms i'm throwing around in there well you are but, you yeah. are the mo- i would say you're the most knowledgeable about musicals so i'm fine to be yeah. educated it, it's a solid mix of uh how the songs are used like abram said but uh, I did want to talk about the performances, like I said, because rewatching this movie, I really did get a stronger feel. The third time I've watched this movie, by the way, or no, f- third or fourth, I don't really remember. But uh, I really did get a, a great feel for the performances in this. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Velma Kelly is, may I want to say not in it enough, but also she just she basically steals a scene whenever she's in it. She just has that great like brassy uh personality that a vaudeville you know burlesque dancer would have um richard gear is like weirdly good in this he's not really good in a lot of other movies but in this billy flynn he's sort of like that he's sort of got that smarmy like wise crackingness that you a criminal lawyer of this time would have he's great and um renee zellweger not an actress that i'm usually tending to like uh, I, I usually make fun of her and the, the face that she always makes in all of her movies, you know, the, you know, you know, the one, the face. Sure. She, she, she's real squinty for some reason, but even then, uh, she did grow on me over the course of this movie. 
and uh, yeah, she she plays she kind of like <sighs> she does this fake innocence very well, where like she's tricking the characters because they sort of li listen, they sort of live in this heightened world, but also she's fun for the audience to watch because you can see how well she's tricking everybody. It, it's just fun. Now, all the performances are very charismatic and they're very fun. Yeah, I um I think the performances are helped that the the musical elements are are done are done well and that the it never seems to me I don't know about the production like who if they you know if Renee Zellweger actually sang her songs but mm -hmm. the sing like the singing that I could hear when she was supposed to be up there you know belting it out was good and I enjoyed it um, yeah and sometimes for me listening to just music. I have a bit of an issue comprehending lyrics. It's, it's a little mm. bit of this, you know, I actually like music and I listen to a lot of music, but sometimes I listen to a song with lyrics and they enter my brain and they leave on the other side. And I just, I, I don't get them. I don't hear them and I don't pay attention to them. But in musicals, I find myself really getting the lyrics and you know, I'm like, oh, 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 like play of words. Like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. And I felt that in this one, there's some there's some clever, clever lines that are just like playing back and forth. Oh, yeah. And then when you add to the intercut, I think that really makes it it makes it fun to just listen and pay attention to. I'm like I'm like oh I gotta catch this next one liner. I wanna I wanna anticipate it. I wanna feel it. And so the filmmakers make me invested just through the dialogue and, or the mm -hmm. or the lyrics. Yeah, uh, I I do want to say I think I'm pretty sure from my knowledge that all the actors do do their own singing. Renee Zellweger is like a a pretty professionally trained singer. She's also in um Judy the Judy Garland biopic. She does her own singing in that. Yeah. So yeah, from looking at the the Spotify uh, soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack on Spotify, the all the actors, all the actors and actresses are credited for the songs. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So the, I thought they did, I thought they did very well. Even John yeah. C. Riley was good in his little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely solid. Um, I I actually do. Oh, am I gonna cut out? Yeah, you're oh, good. That was weird. Yeah, you're okay. So really, uh, what I wanted to comment on is Tanner bringing up the fact that the performances were so strong, and where I'm coming from this, not particularly connecting to musicals, um, I found that these characters were so engaging, not only because the performances were good, but because they were complex characters. They had mm. layers to their wants, to their desires, to their conflicts with one another, to their histories, and and and. Through all of that, I felt like I was really able to get a connection to to Billy, to Roxy, to Velma, and the and these characters that you know aren't clear cut good or bad. They have their ones. I mean, essentially, we're we're watching something that shouldn't happen go on. We're watching a mistreatment of the justice system happen from the inside, mm -hmm. and so throughout, you're like, okay, I I want the justice system to prevail. I want I want yeah, things to come out as they should, but. I also really root for Billy and for Roxy and, and for them to, you know, sort of worm their way through the system and come out the other side triumphant. So I found yeah. that not only the story, but the character to be very compelling. And I think that's why I probably connected to this more than I do other musicals. Because if we look back at uh, at West Side Story especially, is I found large problems with that film's story because it was just a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, and I didn't think it went far enough for that. And so these characters that... Are telling a unique and compelling story. I mean, the the concept of talking about female prison is something that we don't see very often in films. So right on that part, it's already interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you know, there's layers on top of that, but it also weaves in uh, show business and 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 plays that off of the justice system. And I think that's why the musical numbers work so well. Is this is thematically mm -hmm. about performances? It's about these characters 
trying to get into the business. And so, of course, in their head, they're seeing themselves as performers. And you're getting these dream sequences where they're where they're imagining what's happening. And, and I, and I mm-hmm. found all that to be really totally consistent, intricate, complex, very, very engaging. There was one line where I where I heard um, the lawyer, whatever is it, Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn goes talking about the trial, talking about the justice system. He says it's show business, baby. And I was like, that's literally the theme of the movie. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just said it, and and it was not over, you know, heavy handed or whatever. In that moment, I was like, yeah, like, oh, I get it. And then I was like, oh wait, but it's also a musical, and so like the show business of the musical, like. You know the amped upness of a musical. It's got the you know the, the it's got sing and dance sequences. I mean, if you can't be more mm-hmm. show business than that, you well, that's a tough a tough challenge. So to have that in there when you're talking about like the literal performances that people are giving to get acquitted of murder that we saw them commit, um, that worked really well from a thematic standpoint to me. Yes. I think that this is a film, speaking to the performances, that's very energetic and very genuine. And I think mm, that's part of yes. part of what connected me to these characters. Like Tucker was saying, they are complex and they are layered, but they all really sell what they're doing. And, and I think the entire film really sells itself very well. I, I, visually, I was incredibly impressed. The ways that the, the characters are able to to move into these more like ethereal and kind of conceptual sequences and, and back into reality the way it comes together is is really is captivating and i i, I think the one point for me and i think i disagree with Timo a little bit here is is in the end the razzle dazzle number which i love mm-hmm. it does get a little bit he- i do think the film gets a little bit heavy-handed yeah it, it it does sell itself well like i was saying with the energy and the genuineness and and especially uh, the tap dancing sequence, I the love. The tap dancing jumping. sequence is uh, is un- I had completely forgotten about it going yeah. into this rewatch, but it is brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's it's really great, and it speaks to energy and that genuine performance. But I do think it does speak to the fact that okay, we're here, we're we're in the climax of the film. Let's kind of nudge you into the film's always pretty pretty clear about what it's trying to tell you, but then mm-hmm. it just is like it does show the hand at the end, which I don't think is necessarily to its detriment. Um, but that I suppose that's the one point where I was taken out maybe a little bit from the experience. Sure. There was actually a few times where I personally found myself a little overwhelmed by the editing, especially in some of the musical numbers where there are so many, they try so many different unique shots, but they combine them in really, I think, awkward ways occasionally. I enjoy snappy editing, but I really found it to be overwhelming when it would be going so fast and you weren't able to get a sense of, you know, the choreography or, or the scale mm-hmm. of the dancers going on. You know, it was, it was cut into their legs. It was cut into, like, above them, below them, like, all sorts of different angles. And I found that to be... I mean, it gave me a headache in a few sequences. Um, on the whole, I really think that the editing is fantastic in this movie. That's my first uh, point here. Is I, I, I like the snappy editing, but I do think that it took it too far in some sequences. Sure. And I think that that's probably my personal biggest detriment of the film. Because um, on the whole, I, I, I like almost every single aspect of it. But I think when that snappy editing goes a little too far, it can be, it can take me out of the moment where I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't really pay attention to what's going on here because they're just trying to make it go so fast and fit the beat that that I, you know, my brain can't really process. 
Right. To me, I, when I, I think about this film and the editing, it actually it stems from the cinematography. And there's elements of the cinematography in this film that I like. And there's some elements in this cinematography that I really do not like about this movie. There are a lot of shots where there's camera movement and flashy camera moves that serve no purpose. There's no reason hmm. for them to be there, and they obscure the real sh- the real show. You know, the characters are dancing and whatever. And in order to appreciate exactly, yeah. the characters dancing, but I'm like watching and the camera's panning all over the place and tracking and dollying and, you know, doing all the fancy moves. Um, and I'm just like, I like, I'm thinking about that. And I'm just like, this doesn't need to be here. That said, there are some really interesting shots. There's a shot with um, the, the two characters. I, I'm failing on the names today. With the lawyer uh, and Velma and Roxy. Well, with, or no. with Roxy and Billy. Um, okay. And they're looking through a glass. They're looking through like a chain thing in the jail like a chain wall or whatever and their eyes keep lining up in the squares and i was i i like that shot a lot and i like the sequence Mm. with um roxy in the dark that sequence which was a slower song and the mirrors were coming out of nowhere and like and and i thought that was a really cool that was crazy that was a really excellent sequence and there were like no cuts that was all practical right Yes. And so every time they cut and every time that and then like i don't know at the end of the movie there's like some sequence where the they're I, I think it was the final number where Velma yeah, and Roxy are together nowadays and they're number, at yeah. the end of it and the camera is just going crazy in the audience and I can't yes. see anything and it's cutting so fast and I was like this is yeah. really flashy and it really takes me out of it and so I kind of I don't know there's some good there's some good but on the whole I was not a fan of the cinematography in its attempt to go crazy it's really bland. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I am not sure I necessarily agree. For me, it returns to to the energy of the film, and, and I yeah. think the camera work for added a lot to the experience. There were elements. Um, there there's this one. I don't remember exactly what number it is, but the camera keeps cutting closer and closer and closer to this woman's face, and that was the first instance. I'm like, okay, I noticed the editing, and sometimes overt editing is is more of an issue. Than, than, uh, than to the film's strength. And, and to Timo's point, I do think there are times when the editing becomes so central that it, that it's, that it becomes a point of discussion in itself. But I think on mm. the whole, the movement of the camera and the way it's edited takes this stage performance and elevates it with this perhaps showy and maybe a necessary cinematic flair. But I think that services what the film is trying to convey. For me, I, I think the, the height of the showmanship is part of of the entire ethos of the film so i didn't necessarily on the whole find it as distracting even if there were moments where i definitely felt it too much yeah i would i i i I somewhat agree because i think when you're cross-cutting it's like you know shining taking one spotlight off of an area on the stage and putting it on another and that works really well and the cross-cutting i mean you have to write that that's in they knew they were going to do that from the beginning um and so i feel like there are elements where it really works, and then there are some times where it just isn't hitting for me. Sure, sure. Uh, I have a question for the for the gr- for the gang for the group. Okay. Um, for the class. Yeah. A, a Coleman. Uh, musicals. Musicals are really interesting in that you can really divide them up, especially this movie because it is it's just chock full of musical sequences. You can really you can really divide them up into um, certain. You can you can look at them as unique sections. Of the film, they each tackle a a, a a character trait or a character moment or a theme of the film. Uh, so I was going to ask you, you know, the combination of thematic meaning, performance, uh, production design, editing. What was your guys's favorite song in this film? 
So I feel like I've got two answers. I, I what's what is it? It's the prison block tango. Is that so, what they yeah. call cell it? Block tango. Cell, cell block, block tango. The cell block tango is so visually distinct, and I yes. love the use of the handkerchiefs and everything. But I but I think if you're going to talk about the convergence of, of elements, it's got to be the gun number yeah. where you're cutting to Richard and pulling the mannequin strings and then back down. That is that just great so shot, yeah. clever. Yeah, we it's both so reached, clever. Yeah, we both reach for the gun is my personal favorite song to re-listen to and rewatch the scene because yeah, the the combination of the editing and the production design, the costuming, and yeah, like you said, the shots where like Richard Gear is like a giant Richard Gear controlling the the mannequins, the the puppets of the reporters. It's all great. It's so catchy. Uh, it's got a nice beat to it. It's it, it is my favorite musical sequence. It's mine too of the film. But I I would yeah. I would say I bring back to the other one. I forget what it is, but it was a monologue, a soliloquy, if you will, of um, Roxy walking around in the dark. I just thought that was a really creative and interesting one, shot. I think. I think that one is just called Roxy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one was. Oh, that one yeah, was because cool. the big ass sign. Yeah, and yeah. then they have the neon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It works well, and then it's it, there's a so callback to it later of a, as well. Yeah. So yeah. Reminiscent of a what's that Marilyn Monroe movie where she does the thing where like all the guys in the tuxedos are like carrying her around? Is that um gentlemen prefer blondes? I really don't remember. I, think so. I mean, I've seen okay. that movie, but I don't Ta- remember that. Tucker, if if anyone was gonna know, I thought it'd be you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, she Can't it's the one where one. she sings. Uh, it's the one where she sings. Um, diamonds are a girl's best friend. Oh, that, that movie. That is gentlemen prefer blondes. I don't okay. necessarily remember that sequence, but sure. Yeah, yes. I, can, I can see what you're saying with the cinematic yes. parallels there. But I think obviously that was intended, trying to mimic that that earlier style of of musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with with the makeup, one of the coolest parts of the movie this is completely tangential. But is when she's recreating the hairstyles and stuff of the era, and it's really showing. You know. You can tell, like, okay, that I remember seeing those kind of hairstyles in in older movies. Like, they're really going far on the production design. I think mm-hmm. it worked really well. But I think from my perspective, music doesn't really usually connect with me. I have to have some sort of outside experience related to music for me to really remember it in my head. And while I do remember a few of the songs because of their visuals, I couldn't tell you their names. I couldn't really hum them unless I was reintroduced to them. Not not a knock on their quality, but just mm-hmm. how I perceive them. So when I'm thinking about these sequences, I'm mostly thinking about the visual elements. And I think okay. along with Timo, one of the only sequences that I have as its own point on my on positives is that sequence in the mirror in the dark. I think one of the most unique shots in this film, and honestly one of the most unique shots I've ever seen, is is where it's all dark and she's really far in the background and you can mm. barely see her and she's doing her, her dancing or whatever. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't even know how they got this so far out. I don't know how they got it so pitch black with the lighting on her and you can't see the light source. Like There's a lot of element to that that blew me away and then the mirrors start getting introduced. From a visual aspect, I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, uh, performance. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out. Yeah, like I said, the purely music-wise and like the the entire picture. I'm gonna say we both reach for the gun. Performance-wise, though, I'm going to go with I can't do it alone, which is uh, Velma oh, Kelly's one when yeah. she's like pitch, when she's like doing both sides of the of the sister act to Roxy, trying to convince her. But she, you can tell that she, that Catherine Zeta Jones was just going, giving a hundred and ten percent in that scene, because that is exa- exactly what Velma Kelly is doing in that sequence. She's, mm. ju- she's, they literally introduce that musical sequence as, ladies and gentlemen, Velma Kelly in an act of desperation. Desperation, yeah, great yes. moment, great line. <laughs> I will say, 
character wise, I'm Velma Kelly was not as as like an interesting to me character. I mm. she okay. seemed I don't know, she seemed sidelined at points, but she also like the film wanted to take an interest in her, but the film also really didn't care about her. And mm. um yeah. And just like that sequence, even though I, I can recognize the performance merits, it the way it was written with um, Roxy like just being with about whatever about it at the end, yeah, just kind of like Literally. deflated it to me because hmm. I I didn't, the film is like built up Roxy as the character and like I'm rooting for her. I want her to you know I want her to get away with killing the dude. Um, and then I mm-hmm. see Velma as the antagonist essentially, and so even though like. I'm not sure that's really how it is, but to me, the way the film portrays the two characters, and so to have that moment, I don't know, it didn't quite fit with me. It was okay later on when they came back together, and I liked that sequence um, at the end of the movie with the two of them dancing, but in that moment, it it felt a little odd, and it didn't sit quite right with me, and I'm not entirely sure of, of her character's, you know, I, I see her character function, but I don't know about her character merit. Sure. Um, I I also want quick quickly another performance I wanted performance number I wanted to point out. Uh, Mr. Cellophane, John C. Riley, he plays that little that sort of like bit side role character very well. He's just sort of like he gets walked over constantly. He gets he he's getting manipulated by literally everyone in this movie, and he really doesn't get uh, a redemption. I don't think does he? No, he doesn't. He, he just sort of. Well, the redemption is that he's an innocent character and that he wants the best for everyone. Like, his redemption is his personality. I don't think he needs a specific moment because he's he's acting as he should. He doesn't do anything particularly wrong in the movie. Uh, And he's being manipulated left from right. And I was going to say a joke. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice him in the movie. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Nice. um, (laughs) But while we're talking about um, characters' roles in the story and their thematic elements, I I do Mm -hmm. think I agree with Timo when it comes to uh, Velma Kelly's character, is I think she's really interesting, but I think she's played mostly for thematic elements. She exists Mm -hmm. to be the uh, sort of goal point for Roxy. She's Mm -hmm. she's in the business. She's who she looks up to. But then she also serves the purpose to uh, show how the cycle of journalism works, where Roxy Mm. surpasses her, and now she's below, and she has to figure it out. So she is a really interesting character, in my opinion. I just wish that they gave more time to develop her as a person. Like, she killed her sister. Obviously, that was shown in Cell Block Tango. But I, I think there's a lot of interesting elements to her. In, in some ways, I would I would like a movie about her. I would love a story about her. But she is is sort of sidelined for Roxy. And I think if the movie had been more of a balance between the two of them, I think it really could have been uh, slightly more compelling. Sure. I think my perspective is that neither Velma nor Roxy are especially important to the film. Mm. I, I think this is a film that operates mainly thematically. And the moment that really hit me is as soon as she's acquitted and then that random woman kills her husband yeah. on <laughs> steps of the courthouse. And she's and, the new and, hot thing. Yeah, and everyone leaves. And then, you know, Roxy kind of slips away. And then we get the big final number where they're completely exploiting their very dark past. And and the, the shot of that that sticks out to me is Richard Gere laughing in the audience. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that this is a film about any of its central female leads. I think it's a film way more about the thematic elements and the ways that characters like Richard Gere are exploiting them. So for me, I don't necessarily think that the underserving of them is a detriment when, in my opinion, the strength of the film is this sort of thematic undercurrent about tragedy informing news and, and, and public perception informing 
justice and all of these things. For me, that's what this film is actually trying to do. And the characters really are just tools to get there. Mm. Sure. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, actually, that's a, that's a pretty convincing argument for, you know, the detriment that I was talking about there. Because I, I really do think it's the, it's the intertwinedness of all of the different thematic elements that this that movie has that, that really sold it to me. Like yeah. like uh, Abram was saying, the movie sells itself very well, and it and it's able to show each of these aspects of society from from the justice system to journalism to uh, show business to the prison system to you know marital strife and, and public perception and all of those things um, are not things that I can say from my, the large amount of movies that I've seen usually get played off of one another, and I think. The fact that it was able to balance those really well, and and as Abram is listing all these points, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's right. Okay, that is a really interesting way to to see this, and you know, it flows throughout. I think it, it all works really well from a thematic level. Um, yeah, I I wanted to shout out uh, a particular moment in this film where it doesn't happen very often, but this is one moment that sticks out to me where it does show because a lot of time it's the big. It's it's flashy. It's exaggerated. It, it's all this stuff, and they're that they're using that to point out the flaws and in, in the themes that it's tackling. Um, but one moment that is not that at all is the death of the Hungarian woman. Uh, I they refer to her as Hunyak, but I'm pretty sure that is like a slang term for a Hungarian immigrant. Sure, yeah, uh, most they, likely. They do they do say her name at one point, but I uh, I I can't recall it. So. But yeah, when she is when she's hung, she she's executed. the The first female ever to be executed in this prison in the state, I believe. Um, and they do intercut that with a you know with another performance piece itself. But um, it's not. It, it does show the darker underbelly of the themes of this film. Did you notice in the cell block tango, her handkerchief that she pulled from the dude she killed was not red; it was white. It was white. Which, if you want to Why read into it, it could mean that maybe she actually didn't kill him. She was in it. Yeah, she she was innocent. She actually was innocent and was, was killed. Because that was the only thing she was saying. Was she, you know, not guilty is the only thing she could say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. So that that is very well, yeah, interesting. She, yeah, and yeah. yeah, the point that that, that that sequence is played way less and or less exaggerated and is played more seriously, mm-hmm. I think, is was the correct choice from a directing mm-hmm. point of view. You should probably shouldn't play that up for up for the show you know yes but yeah i think it, do, it shows the consequences uh the stakes that these people are under and why they're acting so ruthlessly and in, 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 in such a cutthroat manner because she wasn't if we're reading into the themes of the film she wasn't even a murderer and, th- and that's what happened to her and you're looking at all these people who are basically admitting to their murders and that that's why they're acting in this exaggerated showy. They're hiring Billy Flynn. They're faking pregnancies in prison. That's why they're acting in this manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I think I think we've had a good discussion about it, and I am curious to see where all the votes come in. So if you will, mm. vote now on your phones. Audience, if you're listening, think about where you would put it on out of if you've watched along with us on uh out of our twenty one movies. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, and, and we'll be right back with a little, with a little discussion and a number about where Chicago ends up on our list. All right. All right. So I've received through electronic communication a number and I'll just spew it right now. It's 9.75. Ooh. Ooh. That is, now that, who was it that drug it down? 
drag, past tense of drag, whatever. Well, if we're going to go in alphabetical order, Abram put it at number five. This was his Mm -hmm. vote. Tanner, next up in the alphabet, was put it at number 12. Tucker, uh, no, Tucker's last. I put it at number 14, so there's your answer. I drug it down. Uh, Um, And Tucker put it at number eight. I see. So we had a bit of a spread. That's interesting to me. This is very Mm -hmm. interesting. This is the most interesting spread I think we've had from okay. multiple angles. So, yeah. Because I came into this, Tanner walked into my room last night. He's like, would you care to explain your 9 out of 10 for Chicago? And I was yeah. like, oh, no, we're going to talk about it on the podcast tomorrow, so there's no reason to talk about it now. But mm-hmm. I think this game is, or, god damn it, I'm still in, I'm still in <laughs> game review mode. I think, this, I think <laughs> this film is so unique in terms of mm-hmm. how it presents itself as a musical that it, it blew me away. And the fact that it... It was so thematically interesting, and I was so interested in the characters. Proved to me that musicals can be something that I enjoy, and I think mm. maybe that's why I pushed it higher. Sure. I'm wholeheartedly surprised and kind of elated to see that I put it pretty significantly above where Tanner wanted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's surprising to me. That's surprising. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I heard all the things that you guys are saying. I appreciated the the in-depth analysis but for me, Chicago is and always will be just kind of like a fun experience movie, and not much more than that. Because uh, my my issue still my issue still stands is that I think it's as much as I love the musical numbers, I will rewatch those musical numbers uh, numerous times on YouTube because I just think they're a grand old time. But I don't think it's balanced very well with the actual narrative of the film. Narrative of the film. I don't know. I, I the, the, like I said. I absolutely. I will. I, I've watched this movie four times now. I'll rewatch it again, however many times I feel like I should slash need to. But yeah, it's just a fun experience movie for me, and not much else other than that. I I, I could be convinced to uh, it, since it's at nine point seven five. You said Timo. Yeah, which would be at number ten. I could be if we if we were interested. I could be convinced to. To change my vote enough to bump it up to number nine, but uh, we we can keep going around and discussing. For me, I barely enjoyed this more than I enjoyed West Side Story. Okay. So that's why it gets it gets the one place above, and I most definitely enjoyed our thirteenth place, Grand Hotel, more than this movie. It's it's fun and mm. it's interesting, and I think there's some cool stuff to think about it, but it just kind of didn't quite stack up all that much for me, um, and. While I like musicals and there's a lot of stuff to like about it, there are just like some of the elements left me feeling weird about it. Um, you know, I was not enti- I didn't really like Velma, Velma Kelly's character. I didn't like mm. the um, the cinematography most of the time. Um, and so, to me, it's just th- those. I don't know. They they led to it going um, in between in between Grand Hotel and West Side Story. Um, I guess maybe because West Side Story is our other musical, which I actually enjoyed quite a lot. I would have, you know, I, I ranked that one oh, yeah. a lot you higher. Did, you did enjoy in that the moment. One, yeah. um, I think this does interesting stuff for the musical genre and 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 whatnot. But I kind of don't see it stacking up. I mean, I don't see it stacking up near Unforgiven. Actually, mm. that's so. Okay. Uh, you know, that was mm. the one most recently, and I and I don't know. I think we've got some pretty damn good movies on here, uh, and. And this one is fits into the category of, of good, but as good as some of our top tens, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like I said, this is a this is a very good movie, a very fun movie. I will rewatch it multiple, multiple times. But yeah, 
Although, like I said, I could be I could fall on either side side of the fence here for number nine or number ten. Well, so do, what, what what do we think? Let's let Mister Mister Number Five over here, Abram, convince you of oh, the yeah, ninth true. place. How about? Okay. I think you guys are out of your minds. Oh, and, oh wow! And, okay. And here's why I think you are because. For me, we, we talk about the gimmick movie on here sometimes. We all have our opinions of what the gimmick is. But for me, the strength of, of Chicago is that its gimmick, its musical numbers, mm. are so integral and so intrinsic to what it's trying to do. Mm. I really think this is a film in which all of its elements, in very unique ways, service what it's trying to say. We talk about films that have great themes, like something like The Gentleman's Agreement, which we love for its thematic elements, its way, the way it's able to drum up and, and tool up thoughts about current social issues. What I think is so interesting about, about Chicago is the way that it makes us think of these very contemporary and I think still very relevant thematic elements in mm. the context of a strikingly bold and visually interesting film that has an incredible musical component that does not feel like it's there purely to be a series of musical numbers. It's a series of incredibly visually rich, witty, well-crafted sequences that, that talk about character development and motivation and thematic points that all tie together, I think, into this sort of self-referential, really tight little experience that is, Tanner, very fun, but mm. I think a lot more weighty than we give it credit for. Okay, I, I, okay. A lot of its thematic material, I think, is very poignant. I think a lot of its creative decisions are very bold, and I think that it coalesces in an experience that's very unique. We talk about also the Oscar film, the Oscar mm -hmm. bait film. I do not think that this is Oscar bait at all. I, I think uh, I don't know. It, it tag, it's it's a bit show businessy, you know. It, it, it's a t it's tangential to the trope of a, a movie about Hollywood. It's a movie about show business. So the argument I, could be made, but I I, I definitely see the points yeah. that you're making. I think it's a. I just think it's a very fresh and very inventive film that hits our metrics. It hits. If I think it hits a lot of the filmmaking fundamentals, whether we disagree on on the success of all of them, I think it hits a lot of those. I think it's mm. very witty. I think it's incredibly creative. And I value feel. I value theme. I value uniqueness. I think mm. this film has all of it in spades, and none of it feels compromised. I think this film is excellent. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that detract from this film say, "Oh, the pianist should have won for in two thousand and two. But the pianist, uh, though I haven't seen it, very much does strike me. It's a period piece. It's a drama. Very much does strike me as a as an Oscar Beatty film. So, yeah, you're, you're convincing. You you are convincing me to 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 go up to number nine. So for me, some of the sh I've, we just... I've been thinking about the thematic material, and while I find its its discussion interesting, I I don't mm -hmm. find it particularly like personally affecting. As much yes. as like a yeah. say gentleman's agreement, which is like I think the gold standard for thematic material on our list, mm -hmm. um, and I'm, so it's like oh yeah okay interesting thoughts about like journalism and the media and and how you know good press is all press is good press and about the justice system, but it just didn't I it had a little bit to say about it, but I feel like a, a lot of it was just it was like kind of out there to me and it didn't it didn't and essentially like make it. You know, if you're gonna be like really intense about a about a theme, you can make it really personally relatable. Um, and to me, some of it, besides my thoughts of like, oh, I'm studying some journalism. Oh, the journalism's being misused here. Other than that, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like nailing it home. I think it's interesting. I think okay. all the, the confluence of stuff provides a really interesting base. That then, the farther up you go, the tower of thematic goodness fizzles out a little bit. 
I I can I I to I I pretty much agree with you there, TMO. But based on my personal enjoyment alone, I think I can be convinced to put this at number nine. Okay. To to bump it up to number nine, if we're going to allow that, Tucker, do you think we should allow? It sounds it? good to me. I mean, I put it above number yeah. nine. Okay. Um, personally, on my own list, I have it below All About Eve, which is our current number nine. Yeah. But I I decided to put it a little bit above because I do think that what this film does is so unique in comparison to mm. some of the other films we've seen. And I, as we've started watching more and more of these best picture winners, I value the uniqueness and setting itself apart almost more than anything else. If a sure. film can have an element that I feel can set it apart as a best picture winner, um, I'm, I'm more likely to, to trend yeah. it higher. That is very true. Yes. I can, uh, I, to I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, it appears that we're going to decide on, on number nine. Cause I put it, I think so. Uh, yep. We have two above and you're going up one, but quickly before we get to that, uh, and, and, and the spin, which is coming up in a second. Ooh, uh, I have the, the wins and noms for you. Oh, yeah, true. Um, it won Best Picture. Supporting actress for Catherine Zeta-Jones is Velma, Kenny, Velma yeah. Kelly. She's got a tongue twister name. Uh, costume design. Just totally deserved. Yeah, yeah. Film editing, as we discussed, slightly debatable from some perspectives. But has I the think, most editing. I think does it has a lot of editing. <laughs> um, I think it's deserved. Production mm -hmm. design, yeah. again, Highly yeah, deserved. Absolutely we deserved, can agree yeah. on that one. The, yeah, especially from those those visually striking musical numbers that it has. Uh, it was nominated for Best Actress for Renee Zellweger, who I think we didn't give enough credit to. Um, I think throughout the film, she's really quite an interesting character. I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff. I, I didn't love her in Judy uh, last year, but I think she did mm. a great job here. Um, best she, uh, Nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Queen Latifah, who was... Mm. It was fine. She was she was good, but I think that I was sort of a honestly her song was the only one I could have done without in the entire movie. She's not. Yeah. I, I feel like she's not like a a, a central enough character to, to deserve her own "I Am" song. Yeah. Um. So we also have best supporting actress for John C. Riley, who mm -hmm. was okay. I don't think a nomination really. He's lovable, necessary, but lovable. Um. Best adapted screenplay. Mm, I guess from a musical. Yes. That, you yes. do have yeah, to okay. figure out how to uh, take one stage and make it into many so that's the that's sure, the good point yeah going on there um nominated for cinematography which we've discussed to death there are here good shots. and uh, for best for best director for um good old rob marshall yeah robert marshall yes. um who is sure i mean he, he surely directed he definitely was, directed those musical sequences yeah clearly a film that was handled from a top-down perspective of everyone filling the roles and stuff like that so i think also, a, a deserved nomination there. So yep. I think very solid list of wins and noms. I'm very happy with that. Yes. Okay. Thank you for oh, that, Tony. That's, yeah. that's all he's got. Um, it's mm -hmm. time to it's time to spin the wheel. I think. But I have a I have an ask. We have our we have our oh, we have our rhyme. We have our song for the wheel. Mm -hmm. Tanner, would you do us the favor of providing a rendition from the film for the wheel spin instead of our. Uh, Instead of our little, uh, oh, our little rhyme. Uh, He's going to do the what, gun song, goddamn. Uh, I'm putting uh, you on the fuck, spot here. I can't, uh, you put me on the spot and I can't remember a goddamn lyric from that song. Gun, gun, it, gun, it, gun, gun. Except for the gun. Yes. Pick up the gun, love the gun, 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 touch <laughs> gun, it. Where'd you come from, strings. Mississippi? How old were you? Don't remember. Uh, how are your parents? Very wealthy. Where are they now? Six feet under, but she okay, was granted one more start. I love the sacred heart. 
<laughs> Thank you for going along with my insane request there, yeah, Tanner. Yeah, yeah. You can see the number as much as I can. It's the number 6363. That's pretty far down the list, actually. It is. I'm at, it truly, truly is. What? What are we watching next week, oh Tucker? Sock it to We're me. We're sitting here in the in the in the meaty mid thirties here, nineteen thirty six. Depression era. Thirty six. Now, okay. now this is uh, directed by Robert Z. Leonard, who I uh, don't assume any of us have heard of. But yeah. it's got it's got two hearty uh, stars for us to get into here: William mm. Powell and Myrna Loy. Who I'm, I'm very Never excited. Heard of them. To, well, they're the they're the uh, the thin man couple essentially. Oh, okay. Um, which, yeah, those are good movies. Um, but this is The Great Ziegfeld. Oh, The Great oh. Ziegfeld. Okay. That is a best picture one. I have very not. short... Should I know uh, what this is? No, I don't think so. But Absolutely the, the short description here says, The last word in entertainment. Lavish biography of Flo Ziegfeld, the producer who became Broadway's, Broadway's biggest star maker. So I've seen Ziegfeld's Follies, which is a similarly old and similarly themed film, but I have not seen The Great Ziegfeld. It's all about this is one guy. Is it similarly almost three hours? Whoa! No, uh, I, I don't think it was. I think I saw it as a double feature once, so it must have not been too Is long. this one almost three hours? Yeah, 176. Whoa! Oh. Boy, okay. I thought they didn't make long movies back then. Yeah, you can't have that many reels of film. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what about uh, what about that? There, Gone with the Wind. Only well, that's later. a that's a special case. <laughs> and that's the this... longest movie ever made, I think. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. It's a yeah. joke. This sounds like the convergence of all the things I don't like. So I can't wait to discuss it next week. Oh, oh, it's gonna oh be, yes. It's gonna be interesting. The convergence. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, they both reached for the gun, 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 the gun. Oh yes, they both reached for the gun, for the gun. Now he can remember just fine. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on this discussion of a very interesting movie. Glad we watched it, because I don't get out to, on my own choice, watch too many musicals. But I liked it, even though I didn't have it at the highest spot ever. We'll be back next week to talk about the great Ziegfeld from when? 1936? Yep, 1936, all 170-some minutes of it. We will be discussing at length. We'll probably take about the same amount of time to get through all of our thoughts. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> no. I don't think we can talk about that for three hours. I am laying down the law for what next week's episode is going to be without knowing anything about the film. Okay. But if you want to find out about the film, join us next time. We'll be here to talk about it on The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banner. Hit us up on our YouTube channel. Uh, backlog banner on YouTube. Follow our Twitter account. Go, uh, you know, we have a Letterboxd. If you want to see the updated list, just look up Backlog True. Banter on Letterboxd, and it's the only list on that account, so you won't miss it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, mm-hmm. Tanner, uh, Abram, Tucker. We've, it's been a good time. I enjoyed it. I am freezing my mm-hmm. tush off here. It's freaking cold, so we'll catch y'all next time. All right, peace out. <laughs>